This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's fuck this shit. Christina. Who else is here this week? We're going to start off like that? All right. Hey, welcome back to Puck Bunnies. It's me, Audrey, and I'm with Christina. And guess who else is here? Wow. The esteemed Sarah Sivian of The Athletic. Wow, don't stroke my ego. (laughs) Hey, guys. I am here live with Audrey. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, Not only did we trick Sarah into coming on the podcast this week, but I have now locked her in a hotel room with me. (laughs) And we are not leaving until we become best friends. So it's going great so far. Or until the Canes make the playoffs. So either way. Yeah. Oh, come on. We're already (laughs) cursing them. Not even a minute into the podcast. Right. So this is very exciting for me because when I was first getting into hockey, I would send Audrey Sarah's tweets like constantly being like, it's true. It's embarrassing to say this, but I feel like for full disclosure for the podcast, I have to. So everyone understands (laughs) what a big deal this is to me. No. No, we were like, who is this girl? She's very funny. The Caroline Hurricanes are a team that exists that neither of us have really paid that much attention to. And now we're just, we're 100% sold. We're in all the way. And I feel like we are not the only ones who are all the way in on the Carolina Hurricanes. Do you want to kind of talk about what that's been like for you? Sort of seeing this fan base explode out of nowhere. My cat's tail is in the frame. So that's where I'm at at right now. What's the atmosphere kind of been like going through the season? Have you seen it like been building? Yeah. I mean, Justin Falk said it best. Um, He doesn't always say it best, but he did at this particular (laughs) time after the... um, Whalers game when the first time they had the Whalers outfits on he was like I was wondering if it was going to be go Whalers or go Canes first and it was go Bruins so it was kind of like <laughs> oh but, yeah. <laughs> yeah but then they ended up winning the game but um it was that just goes to show that sometimes there are outside fans but the, for the past month it has pretty much been what has been advertised to me like when I before I even took the job, people would say, just keep waiting, just keep waiting till they make the playoffs. You won't see an atmosphere crazier than that because it's like Duke, UNC, NC State fans all coming together to root mm-hmm. for one common thing. So it might not be a million people, but when the team's doing well, they're going to be screaming. And Brenda Moore said last night, actually, that he could feel the um, building move. And that's oh how God. everybody describes it in the playoffs. Like, I just 
wrote something about how when Williams scored the um, empty netter to win 3-1 for the Canes, Brendan Moore was like kneeling over and the building was literally moving. Oh my God. So, oh my God. And that it was, was cool what? to have him experience that again. He was that like, was I 20, heard the building move. 2006. Yeah. Yeah. 2006. Like when they won the cup. Yeah. It's crazy to me like thinking about, obviously, because I, I was not watching the Canes in 2006 when I was 11 years old. You're watching cartoons. <laughs> You're watching the Powerpuff Girls. You probably exactly. all were. But like thinking about them, grade. thinking about them on the same team and like how young yeah. they must have been and just like how crazy it must have been at that point in time. And there was like 16,700 people there Saturday night. And I think attendance has been up 20% since two years ago, wow. which is partially, obviously, wow, let's win some games. Uh, yeah. It's a noble concept. <laughs> and part of it is just kind of the marketing and the social media. I don't know if you've noticed it, but like they're the perfect people to have the bunch of jerks thing. Yeah. And, oh my uh, God, so good. Yeah, that shirt has sold more Kane's merchandise than anything since 2006. So Sarah, like this is your first season with this team. And before this, how did you get into hockey like as a sport? How did you know it was the thing that you wanted to cover professionally? Well, it's funny because I guess you kind of just realize it at, like when you're in it. For me, at least. I mean, I know some people grow up and they're like, I want to be a blank reporter or whatever, but I never wanted to be a reporter. Like I always liked writing. I always liked writing essays and I liked researching things. So I liked history and um i was a history major going into college and i thought yeah i thought maybe i'd be a lawyer i finished my history degree in two years but then i couldn't couldn't figure out the rest because it's classic adhd right like you (laughs) are really good at one thing just spin my wheels for the next two years it's fine (laughs) but i met these guys and that like i grew up i played hockey and i like watched hockey and i'm like i'm from a town 10 minutes south of boston Mm -hmm. so it's like it's pretty big there and everybody from my town played and all that kind of stuff. So I always cared about it. There's actually a guy that played for my high school that's in the NHL now uh, on the Devils because the Devils are like injured and yeah. tanking. So he's like the second line center. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin Rooney. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I had so much fun at Penn State because I had joined a blog that was just kind of like, I was covering like music and stuff like that. But then Penn State made a hockey team go D1. So I'm like, I'm obviously going to check this out. This is awesome. (laughs) I lived in the same building as some of the guys when they were club and they were like, go to our game. So I did when they were club and I did watch them transition to D1. And I think it was stuff away from the rink too, just kind of like the logistics and Terry Pagula doing millions of dollars in the rink. I'm like, how did this all happen? And I think that really like, Knowing about the off-ice stuff really fascinated me to be like, oh my God, you would never be bored doing this your whole life and it's not even what happens on the ice necessarily, which There's so many storylines. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you would never get bored. You would never do the same thing every single day. So I guess going all those games and starting to cover that team and then I got offered a job and I was like, I don't have to be a real person. Like I can do <laughs> I this still. A fake job. And I don't even have to do work in math class like along with it. Oh yeah. So we're seeing maybe I don't know what's going to happen in my life, but like it's working out so far. Well, you know, it's really interesting the way you describe that you got into journalism, because I feel like that is so where the industry is going. Like, it's just people who are really good at writing and who have stories they want to tell, who just also happen to really like sports. Like, you saw that with Grantland, and like, that's a model that worked, and now it's working at The Athletic. Yeah, that's actually probably the website that I used to frequent and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is something I'd want to do. I don't want to write about gamers that you could just watch the game and it happens, because I think nowadays there's Twitter and you live tweet something and it's like I could just attach all my tweets 
in a thread and that would be my post game. Like you're contributing yeah. nothing to this discussion. Right. So I came up in the blog life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I I never had a traditional there was a daily collegian there, my mortal enemies, but now we're friends. But, <laughs> so we both just cared a lot, but in different ways. And I I loved growing up in the blog era, kind of just mm-hmm. like I didn't have deadlines and I was kind of the editor and that comes with its own. It's been awesome to have a, a competent editor that isn't me at three in the morning, but... Yeah, that you don't have to do all jobs at the same time. Yeah, but it was kind of just like not much is off the table in terms of what stories I could write. So I'm happy that I get to write for The Athletic now where it's not I'm not being forced to do anything and I can write these weird kind of stories that I like. This podcast is sponsored by The Athletic. We are doing Wait, an ad really? for The Athletic. No. No. They would never have an ad. <laughs> <No. laughs> we want to change everything about the podcast and then even like listen to us. But I think Spitting Chicklets is sponsored by them for like a week. I don't really know what for, happened. Like, a week? <laughs> I don't really know what happened. I remember uh, I heard Rear Ads in his Boston accent saying something about it. So That's so funny. I don't know what happened. But. I guess they have like more clout than we do because at least like two of their hosts have actually played in the NHL so whatever I mean as soon as like one of us makes it like maybe the athletic will sponsor us just waiting for your call out yeah yeah we are going to the draft of Vancouver yeah (laughs) Vancouver (laughs) it's gonna be like sister of the traveling pants yeah totally (laughs) anyway the athletic sponsor us Uh (laughs) oh god is this collusion I'm like Drake tampering with it did you interview, I mean, like this, and we don't even have to include this in the podcast. Did you interview for this job or did you interview for a job at The Athletic and then they told you you were going to be going to Carolina? None of the above. Like, I, okay. none of my jobs, not to be like a flexor, but none of my jobs I have ever applied for. Like, it's just, you're there in the. <laughs> okay. Please that's flex. What, that's honestly what I try to convey to people that are starting out in the industry. They're like, what's your LinkedIn? What do you, I'm like, no, people saw me at the rink at two in the morning, like trying to write the perfect story and editing and deleting it and being like, this isn't good enough. And like, just, they saw me there. Then that's when I got a job at WEI in Boston. And then they saw my work, which you just keep writing good work. It's not about like applying to places and people, Mm -hmm. the right people are always watching. And people have told me that, that I are, much more successful than I in the industry and that's the people that I look up to say that like you just do your good work and the rest will follow so that's what I've tried to do and so what happened was I mean I was at uh Bruins training camp and basically I got an email that was kind of like hey um you can't stay in Boston but there's some openings and your name keeps coming up why don't we see if you're interested in this or whatever and like it was cool that they were upfront about that and then I went through a bunch of interviews and we kind of just said what my story ideas would be and like what I see myself doing and like how we could help each other out and contribute whatever like to positively influence each other and I mean I felt really encouraged about it the whole time and I mean I had moved to Pittsburgh and it was a disaster one time so these people had really convinced me that moving to North Carolina in a city (laughs) I have never been yeah um to (laughs) cover this team that hadn't made the playoffs in nine years (laughs) did you move sight unseen Oh, yeah. Um, October 1st, get there. But no, they gave me a stipend. And they're like, yeah, here, if you want to come here and move. And I was like living in a hotel like Zach and Cody. But um, yeah, they have been just even emotionally and mentally and obviously financially competent. Like, this is the first competent workplace I feel like I've ever had. And I'm like crying because I'm like, I need to make make sure these people know how important this is to me like it's just been it's been great and um they convinced me that no like 
something here is happening in Raleigh and it's going to be like, they haven't made the playoffs in nine years, small market, but like it's the turnover. It was great that like it was on, it was a new head coach. It was Mm -hmm. a new uh, GM. It's a new owner. It's a new, almost everybody on the team and Mm -hmm. the acquisitions they made had been good in the locker room and like, the way that they, uh, the athletic and like people in the Canes organization kind of described it to me, it's like they knew all along this was going to happen. Even with that horrible December, wow. they knew that this team was special and it was going to go places and it's been calculated. It seems like an accident, but it's been very calculated since What do you think, like, season. do they know what the turning point was? Do you think that there was like something specific that happened where they turned a corner and all of a sudden they were like, this is going to be the year where it's make or break? Well, I think it's Justin Williams as captain and Brenda Moore mm-hmm. as coach, which it's like they are two dads. Yeah. Two dads. I <laughs> <laughs> They I think it's just the standard that they set and you can tell when they lose the games where like if they can keep the guys kind of rallying around them still and saying this is unacceptable like you can't this isn't okay and you can tell the lo- the recent loss against Tampa, uh, Williams was just so upset. Brenda Moore said that Williams gave kind of the guys an airflow. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's not – you can't be complacent. Like, right. even against Tampa, they should have had that game. And he said they pissed it away. And he he's a, one of the best interviews I've ever yeah, come encountered awesome. with. He's a real human being. It's so but. different to be like, we're not going to treat any game as a scheduled loss. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, to go they into everything to. being can't. like, we're fighting and we can't afford to lose, even if it's to, yeah. like, the number one team in the league right now. Take a look at this roster, and it's like, you can't. You can't let anything slip away. You yeah. have to act like everything. It's about how they play. And the fact that Williams and Rindemore were able – I have so many stories already, but it's like that they were able to rally the troops around them and what they have shown they can do, like, together. It's been cool. To me, it seems like so much more of a respect for the players and for the team to treat yeah. it like that, to mm-hmm. treat like every game like it's winnable. Because it is today. It is, yeah. And if you're just writing off like losses, then like what's the point? Exactly. Um, I saw the post game locker room exclusive thing that Brendan Moore did, and he was like, he first he apologized for yelling at them after <laughs> the second, which was the worst period of hockey they might have ever played, but they still won the game, and that's the point. And he was like, sometimes I just feel like you guys are my kids, where I know that you can play better than you were and you were like and then you did i need him to come yell at me every know, morning right? to get out of bed I know, right? um, like i know that you're better than this his daughter his daughter quote she plays volleyball at uh, james madison but um she quote Go tweeted games. one of the tweets of him just kind of screaming he doesn't really scream on the bench often and when he does he likes to say that it's because of he needs to get his own anger out yeah but <laughs> or rally the troops but like when he does it it's always for reasons that she quote tweeted it and said this is what he looked like when he found out that i was hiding a cat in my room <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so cute yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah like i need him to come like yell at me when i'm like doing my eyeliner in the morning like, get back out there you redo that wing that looks like shit yeah. this is and not what we stand thing, for that's the thing though i think people are under the impression that he's yelling at people when he really is because he's raw at the bod and he like the work ethic, it might have been the best to ever come across in National Hockey oh, League, yeah. just the way that he kind of redefined being a two-way center in general. And I think watching him realize maybe that not everybody is like him and, like, almost nobody actually in the world is <laughs> right. like him. And works uh, as hard as he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been awesome to see how he kind of can adapt to that and how he works with his players with different needs or whatever. Yeah. But um, he is much more 
a players co- I don't like the term players coach because mm-hmm. that seems like they get a free pass which they certainly don't <laughs> but like he isn't some hard ass I think right. he believes in the players and he shows that even more with his actions about like who will keep on what line like Nino Niederreiter for example had a franchise worst minus six like the worst in the entire franchise and the 8-1 loss recently and oh yeah to the Jets and the next night, he he stayed on that line with mm-hmm. Williams and Ajo, and then he had two goals in the first period. And he told me, it's just, he believes in me, and yeah. like, that goes such a long way. It's like a Disney movie. I oh, love it. That's so great. And, like, he just, he doesn't yell just to yell. No, which, never, never. I mean, like, there are a lot of other coaches that I could mention who do do that. <laughs> um, so, Sarah, Christine and I both grew up in the South. How has your Howdy, y'all. adaptation to the South gone so far? So when people ask me questions like this, I'm like, I don't even know what day it is, like what time it is. I'm like in D.C. and so Right, and you're never home. Yeah, because I'm never, like, that's the problem. But during the summer, I'm going to be home for a while when I'm not always thinking about something else. But I've loved it so far. People are so nice. It's mm-hmm. taken me a while to get used to people saying hi to me for no reason. Yes. I'm like, what do you, they, what? They do that in South Carolina? Grow up. And we're in, it, North, we're Carolina. in North Carolina. North Carolina. Whatever. Carolina. Come on and raise up. Okay, but like what my question is, is like what is the difference between like a southern hockey stadium and like fans versus northern hockey fans? Like I feel like there's got to be some differences there, right? Well, definitely. Well, Raleigh is different because it's the college hoops hub of probably the world. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's chance and so like, I mean, it's like that in Nashville too. It's kind of the same way in Nashville with their chance. And uh, like every time somebody goes to the penalty box uh, on the other team, the section 328, which is like a long time uh, section. And it's like student sections, but it's not their adults. This is professional (laughs) hockey. But uh, the loud guy section. (laughs) They always say cheaters never win. And um, Mrazic one time came up to me and was like, can they not do that? But like, he, I think he's grown to accept it clearly with <laughs> his with that. his play. No, they cannot <laughs> They not beefed do that. over that, but I think they've forgiven him. But um, <laughs> there's chance like that and just kind of more of a, a less serious. And listen, I grew up in Boston, so it's like I get the serious culture around hockey and I still like cry. I cried in uh, Pittsburgh because I stepped on the penguin in the locker room. And they were like, you can't. I was like, oh my god! I never made that mistake again in my life again. But they let you step on it. And it's a su- here. Like a superstition. Well, yeah, back this up. What is this? <laughs> oh, you're not allowed to step on usually on the um the logo logo in the locker room yeah. in the middle of it. Every time you walk into a locker room, there's like like Bruins on the carpet. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Will the penguin come kill you if you step on it. <laughs> it's like I felt like I dropped the it's spirit like the grudge. stick. Oh yeah, <laughs> you dropped the spirit stick. Oh my god, sick it's like rap. slow motion. Thank you. I love. <laughs> Great movie, but that's how it honestly felt to me. Uh, I literally cried, but it was okay. People knew how much I cared. But yeah. uh, that type of stuff, I respect totally. Mm-hmm. But you're still allowed to have fun with it. And Southerners get that. And I hate, like, lately my thing has been I, I've been so annoyed with people that have never stepped foot in Raleigh or anywhere down south in their lives thinking they can be some authority on this, mm-hmm. like, or any situation. I know I need to just, like, mute people and not respond to people with, like, three followers. Who want to like, tell you what's fun and what's not. Yeah, and not even that, just, like, what's allowed. Ugh. Nobody can police any of this. You might have actually the worst Twitter mentions I have ever seen. <laughs> but it gets only, <laughs> I know, but it only gets worse the more you actually acknowledge it. And I hate just ignore people that say just ignore it. I'm like, I do ignore it 99% of the time. But mm-hmm. it's like, sometimes I just want people to understand that this is what I have to deal with. And I'm not like, yeah. pro- like, I also get kind of uncomfortable when people respond like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Or like, 
pumping my tires because I think there's been a lot of pumping my tires lately and I just want somebody to come into my room every morning and punch me in the face <laughs> and like keep me in check <laughs> you want someone to come slash your tires every morning yeah. yeah like you actually suck like I just yeah. need to keep a chip on my shoulder but yeah. uh I don't want to ever highlight that stuff to be like oh feel bad for me just to be like what is this clown doing like I, right it, it bothers me but I need to get past that yeah, I mean, Audrey and I have talked about this kind of stuff, too. It's not like I want pity. I just want people to see. Like, this exactly. Is, this, this is what's this going is on. This dumb shit yeah. that I have to deal with every yeah. day. And it's not impossible, and it's not, like, traumatizing. It's just, like, this is what no, it looks yeah, like. Oh, exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. People assume a lot of things. But it's just, why is anybody allowed to just yell at you on the internet? Like, directly no. at you? <laughs> you should have to pay to You should go to jail. Us. You should go to jail. <laughs> every single one of our followers should go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually like oh you should be able to like warn people like on AIM when it's like mm. this person's 20% warned or like do you Ooh. do you remember what I'm talking about no because I was not allowed to have AIM because oh my, my mom God. thought I was gonna get abducted by perverts but <laughs> she know I was an ugly child so that was never gonna happen you're beautiful now and yeah. that's all that matters <laughs> that's right now now someone wants to abduct me you didn't peak too early as they right, say in the right. hockey world mm. That's, that's right. Maybe yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. The scariest team I've seen since those Red Wings. But I think that's what I love about working at The Athletic. You can just respond to people, like people that have paid for your content. And it's like, I love, I've always loved interacting with fans. And I was like a fan of Penn State hockey when I was covering it. So I'm like in this together with those people. Yeah. And it's like, now I can obviously look at a team objectively. But I love that part of my job is to interact with people. But mm-hmm. I have to remember sometimes that, like, I want to be answering more questions on the app or do more live Q&As or mailbags yeah. instead of – and subscriber meetups instead of responding to some asshole on Twitter that, like, said I – one time somebody said I look like um, <laughs> William Defoe. <laughs> oh, God. Like <laughs> – it was a good own, honestly. Like, I kind of, like, I can see it. Like, if William Defoe was, like, really hot and a woman and also, like, looked very different. Yeah, you look like William Defoe. But I'm like, what am I doing? I think I saw that and I'm like, what am I doing here? I don't, I'm not forced to respond to this. What's the point this. of this? Yeah. 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 Let me talk hockey with um, people that have paid to enjoy my content. I mean, like, it's the same. Do you remember when we got, like, a month ago when we got in a fight with those Islanders fans? <laughs> oh, my God. Evergreen statement. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. They're like, the worst. Do you remember that one time? Did they make fun of how we looked? No, but they just um, – the, the best tweet was that woman who was – or the person who was, like, you know, looking at their Twitter. I just <laughs> – I don't think that they're here for the right reasons. And I was like, right. I mean, you're right. But Is that why that's in the bio, like, here for the wrong reasons? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, so it was just like, oh, they don't seem like authorities on hockey. And I was like, yeah, no shit. Like, that's the point. That's the thing. People, like, try to act like you said anything about wanting to right. be an authority. I'm yeah. just, like, chilling here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just, just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> so... Sarah, what was, like, the moment that you knew that something special was happening this season? Was there, like, a game or, like, you were like, oh, shit, this is really happening? Let me think about this. This is a really good question. Uh, There's so many little moments where maybe you look back. I think, actually, when I was talking to a player about – 
I don't know if you guys, how closely you follow the Canes, but I think we've talked about it enough. Um, they were literally cursed for a month mm-hmm. in December. Like, not mm-hmm. December, they were playing pretty bad then. But the beginning of the year, they were playing amazing. And they literally just could not get these shots yeah. off. And it's like, what? There were, like, conspiracy theories. There were so many things going on. And, like, uh, at rock, rock bottom, somebody said to me during an interview, like, on the road, I'm just like, oh, my God, like, I understand this isn't pleasant. Like, we're just going to ask our questions and go. But um, he just said, like, the pucks, the bounces weren't going our way and, like, what everybody says, blah, blah, blah. And after the interview, I'm like, you seriously believe that? You aren't getting frustrated? Like, really, the bounces aren't going your way? Like, I would be going insane right now just thinking about it. And they were like, no, we're due. We're going to we're gonna be fine. And, like, to have somebody tell me that away from the camera and just, like, the way they conveyed it, it was just kind of like, no, they believe – and that starts with the leadership and the team. That mm-hmm. starts with Williams and Brenda Moore explaining it to them. Maybe they went through these bouts and they still won the cup. Reinforcing that belief. Yeah. And they're right. like, no, we can do this. We can do this. We have to. So you're a beat reporter. So you travel with the team. It's true. Wow. <laughs> Revealed. Sarah Sivian exposed on Talk <laughs> So were you worried at all that you weren't going to be able to get these guys to talk to you? Because one of the things I love about your articles and, and pieces that like a lot of people don't have is you get great shit out of these guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I they're put that on my LinkedIn? They're not just saying like <laughs> yeah. pucks to the net, pucks to the net, getting pucks deep. They're giving you actual Part quotes. of that is because I don't have to be on the like clock of a deadline or I don't have to write about this game or whatever. So I can sit Kind of sit that stuff out and mm-hmm. I can be like, tell me about your dog and your cat's favorite song or something like stupid <laughs> like that. But like it ends up being people want to know more about these guys. This league is so not. There's no personality. Yeah. 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 That's Pers- exactly what I'm trying to say. personality is, is actively discouraged. Yeah. And this team is chock full of personality. All these different personalities. You get to that, and I feel like they love showing it off with stuff like the storm surge, which we're going to talk about. I'm sorry. And see, that's the thing. It's okay. No, no, I like this. (laughs) I like talking about the storm surge. That's the thing that they have personality, and I'm not going to like try to force people to say like I try to do it when it's just at practice or something, Mm -hmm. or just like I try to get guys in a good mood or something. Like I'm not going to force somebody to answer kind of my crazy questions, but I think it's a welcome break from saying everything they think people want to hear. But I don't know. I I think I've gone a long way in my reporting in general because I didn't really say much in Boston. Was I scared? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, was it like when you took this job, you're like, holy shit, like, how am I going to get these guys to talk to me? Like, how am I going to get these guys to respect me? I honestly, like, I know we can talk about respect, but I think it was just me being myself. I'm just like, listen, you don't have to respect me. Like, I'm not some tenured, I know who I am. I'm not going to act like an, I think I wrote in my first post, I'm not going to act like I'm some tenured insider on this team, but I hope I can give a new perspective on all these new guys and new, that's such a new, that's how it worked because it was all new people. And I felt like I was not part of that, obviously, but just kind of like, it was so much easier to talk to people that are new and like they get it right like and yeah. I, I just felt so encouraged and like it was my chance for my colleagues and also just even people in PR and stuff just they wanted people to see off the ice like kind of what the Canes are about because they knew they had such a good group and it's true mm-hmm. 
I feel like as women and as professionals, what one of the hardest things to do is like knowing yourself and knowing like having having the self confidence to go in and say like, here's what I'm here to do. I'm not here to yeah. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win America's Next Tough Model. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> not here to make friends. I'm here to win real world world rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I, yeah. So when you said, how are they going to talk to me? I'm like, how am I going to talk to them? Mm-hmm. That makes me anxious. But then you just realize the support you have around you, and you're like, no, I know mm-hmm. what I'm. I know what I'm talking about. Maybe nobody, we, none of us really know, know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And in that way, I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. You are all almost like taking a chance on each other. And it like works beautifully because now you have this like exciting team doing exciting things who are fun to watch yeah. and fun to root yeah. for, which is like so fucking hard to find in this league. That was on purpose. I mean, like I've talked to Tom Dundon about it. The thing about Dundon is that he's not a hockey guy. So mm-hmm. when he owns a team, he kind of wants it to be more of a collaborative effort of like doing certain things. So like they will do that in not a way that dis- I don't think disparages anybody, but they will talk about like trades and stuff. And it's like they want to trade for people that will mesh with the locker room. Because when you're doing something like the Storm Surge too, that they're not going to turn somebody down because they like don't yeah. <laughs> do a Storm Surge. <laughs> like, but, I'm like, not doing that. But it has <laughs> to be somebody that people would want to root for because yeah. that's part of the off-ice changes you can make when you're trying to get butts in seats after. not It's not about being a small market. It's about not making the playoffs for nine years. Mm-hmm. He got more, Martin Uke, got Nino, and they're all around the league. It's just like these are two guys that are just yeah. in the goalie situation. Like it's just they did a lot behind the scenes that isn't just – it seems like they're stumbling into all this, but they mm-hmm. – It's very really, calculated. Yeah, it is. All right, so we can talk about the storm surge discourse. Yes, fucking yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, inject this my shit into topic. my veins. <laughs> <laughs> so for like anybody who's listening to this who's not really familiar with like how the storm surge came about. First of all, what as a nobody. cultural phenomenon? <laughs> like, what was? How did the idea come to like fruition? Well, they're very. It's hilarious. They're kind of like secretive about it. Oh my god, it's like a frat. That's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dundon, I guess they've had conversations with Dundon beginning of the season where it's just like, let's do something that's going to, you guys want to do, that's going to bring people together and give you a reason. Like, we know we should be excited about this team, but like, how are they going to know that after nine years not making the playoffs? Like, let's do something that will show that. And Williams thought of it on his own because he, I'm not sure if this is directly correlated, but he played in Europe during the lockout and they did that, the school clap, I think. And he just, maybe that's an influence. I'm not exactly sure if that's where he got it from. That but was he on did. his like mood board. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go to his Pinterest storm. It's search, just, it's storm just evolved. Yeah. It's evolved into. God, it's it's really annoying when people come like waste my time tweeting at me that like management is forcing them to do this because That's they aren't really, yeah. like I it's know really that they aren't up. yeah it's really <laughs> like, fucked up that people think like oh yeah Kane's PR like came up with this and they're like forcing <laughs> these guys not. to like go play games on the ice after the game I'm like no it was literally their idea like they it wouldn't happen if if they weren't on board with it and they all yeah. look so and happy maybe not all it. of them <laughs> let's be honest like I'm sure not all of them at first were like yeah let's go do these crazy things on the ice but yeah. then you see how they're kind of customized towards certain players and exactly then Reamsdake is a huge basketball fan so to see him like dunk that was got a goal the next game I'm like, I was what's... worried about him by the way I was like don't do that don't I, jump on the ice do that. but he's a basketball fan and then yeah. um and I think Justin Falk likes to hunt in the, one the duck hunt one yeah, yeah. Also, things like Mrazek didn't even know what the limbo was when they were doing that. And it's like, that brings people together. Like, 
you know you get to learn certain things about them okay just sidebar i have a really good idea for a storm star which you okay, let's hear it. can you get them to do something to like mambo number five they love that song they have played it twice in the post-game locker room and one time somebody shut it off and one of the players was like who shut that off <laughs> turn it, turn please it put it back on <laughs> I don't know why they're genuinely mad. That, but like, I just want them to do something to Mambo number five. Oh, yeah. Tell Justin yeah. Williams. <laughs> I'm just imagining Sarah like slipping the CD <laughs> Mambo number five to Justin Williams. You know what to do with this. That's really how it is. Like, I was, they weren't exactly winning. I think last time we were in Philly, um, the day before that, I was kind of saying, like, I was trying to do a story on it. And I was mm-hmm. just kind of like, so how do you guys come, like, when do you come up with it? What do you do? And then he just very seriously kind of like cleared his throat and was like, you guys, I need three storm search ideas from all of you by the end of the day. I like, oh my just God, kidding. Camp He's fucking vibes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. No, he was just kidding. But it was like just funny to see like, I wasn't here last year, obviously, but I've just heard the dynamic of the locker room has completely changed. Stuff like that. And yeah. like, William sits next to Aho. Wow. He's like my daddy. <laughs> that's what I said. I heard uh, after that that uh, that's just like a standard word and yeah. finished. So it's like, Love daddy it. just thought he was oh saying like, dad. I grew up calling my dad daddy. So. I call my dad daddy still. Yeah. Especially when I want stuff. Welcome to the South, Sarah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a no from me. <laughs> I imagine in like Boston, everyone just calls their dad like, hey, yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <My> motherfucker! <laughs> Get over here. That's basically what it is. <laughs> I don't even know why that's my Boston accent. Oh my god, my dad's gonna love this podcast. <laughs> Wait, we love your dad. <laughs> I love my dad. He's the best. He has a uh, thick Boston accent. I follow Sarah and like like all of her tweets. So now like everything her dad posts is like promoted into my <laughs> timeline. You know what? Wait, I hate that. I hate that when I like a tweet or something, it's like shows up as Sarah said like this instead of like, what was the point of a timeline? Yeah. I would retweet it if I want people to see that I like this. I hate, I feel it's like I'm broken. intruding on people. I'm just trying to show love yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> They're a bunch of cops. They just want to. They want to get us all in trouble. It's true. We just want to like problematic tweets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, let me like every what am I every to do? tweet just not dunking like on it? the penguins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't let get me in trouble. Be clear for that. about this. I absolutely love like the penguins organization and like the people involved in it. I just hate literally everything else about yeah. people that like the penguins. Um, City, the city itself, yeah. the um, media. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. People act like it's the mecca of everything that's mm-hmm. good. And if you're like, hey, it kind of sucks, they're like, how could you do how this? Dare you. When in Boston, if you say you don't, if someone told me they didn't like Boston, they'd be like, fuck you. Like, I don't care. <laughs> the only good thing about the city of Pittsburgh is that uh, Malkin's wife lives there and she is insanely hot. She's unreal. I it's love true. her. I don't know her. I just like yeah. to look at her. She looks like a gossip girl person. <laughs> <laughs> All the Russian wags dress like gossip girl extras. They kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly kill it. Anyway, I don't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, so, okay. We were talking about the storm surge. Okay. First of all, what's been your favorite one so far? I mean, Ooh. I liked TBR dunking just because that was very topical. Yeah. <laughs> like, good for I that. really liked that. I liked I, the bunch of jerks one just because, like, it was 
pretty awesome yeah. that you use the projection thing. So tell us about your feud with Brian Burke. His kids <laughs> grew up in my hometown. Yeah. And um, God, how did this even happen? Um, well, a bunch of jerk shirts came out and people were saying, let's um, send these to Don Jury, obviously, and Brian Burke. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not trying to like mood police or like be the feds or like tell people what to do with their hard earned money. So I, I tweeted something like that. And then I was like, but Brian Burke, I know that people in that are Hurricanes fans are really like rally towards anything they believe is a good cause. And they have been like just so supportive and so, I, I don't even know, empathetic of like, it's, it's insane to see a fan base like this. I think they've been been tortured so much that it's like they just want to be happy and nice to people so that's basically what it is I but i um, yeah i know right <laughs> I, like, I don't get it but imagine I, not being cynical <laughs> i know well they're cynical but i think they direct it towards hockey instead of and they know they're infighting or whatever as yeah. every fan base but they will come together so i figured they'd be receptive to this and i was just like well why don't you just you can send them to him but also send a donation to you can play which is uh a foundation he and his family and others set up for his son who tragically died in a car accident um, when he was like 21 and it was on his way to a college hockey game and he was one of the first like kind of prominent because his dad was the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. at the time and he was at Severian which was a high school like right near my house that a lot of my friends played hockey at and um he was on the team and he just had been a good hockey player but like he was closeted because he was worried that like what he was one of the first people to ever yeah. come out in the hockey world so when he did his dad was automatically 500% had his back and he started the you can play obviously after he died in honor of him and to make other people feel comfortable it's like hockey mm-hmm. is for everyone mm-hmm. and uh, the Van Riemsdyks have always been because um, James um, yeah. had Burke was his GM and I think like Burke has these takes where it's kind of like he was the uh, also the GM of the Whalers and he removed mm-hmm. Brass Bonanza and it's just like he has all these kind of opinions where you think there's a certain way about him but the way that he supported his son and kind of just used it as a platform this is way before being gay was a thing that people accepted yes like people would call each other gay on the playground i think when we were growing up and yeah. it's something that we've all had to maybe learn that like that's mm-hmm. not that's not remember hillary duff with those commercials that was like that's not cool yes like, that's oh my not, god wow blast from the past right i think cool. about that a lot and i think about we have tons of way to go to society but like that we've come a long way since Hillary Duff yeah like the past 10 years definitely yeah so Burke before that was basically saying I want anybody to know that if they're going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf that they, it's okay if they're gay we accept you here 100% and he said at the time when his son came out to him that he said I don't have to take anything back because I've always raised you to be tolerant and he actually did a 20 questions in the athletic today and after he said how much he hates the storm search and now he hates it even more uh the next question i forget what it asked but the answer was i'm a feminist equality for everyone like he has always been this way and it's it just goes to show you that like you think you might think somebody's a certain way but it's a good reminder to people are multi-dimensional yeah yeah they surprise you he's pro equality anti-fun Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know what? That's fine. I'll take I'll take my wins where I get them. Yeah. yeah. I and suppose I th- equality is more important than fun, like <laughs> all things considered, I guess. Exactly. But I think it's also important to have somebody like that who might might be anti fun kind of representing that like, no, this 
it, it's not just fun people that are okay with the gays. Like, it's it, everybody mm-hmm. should be. Yes. Grumpy old men yeah. should still be, like, fine yeah. on, on board with all of that. Exactly. Very important contention of supporters of rights is grumpy old men, since <laughs> they are in charge a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good example of, like... It was awesome. People coming together. And, and- oh, yeah. The most important part of the whole story is that Brian Burke's uh, son, Patrick, who works in the NHL, um, he saw me doing that and said, like, he was getting a lot of um, donations and stuff. And he was like, wait, I'm running the Boston Marathon. If you, if a Caniacs can raise $1,000, I'll hand deliver a bunch of jerk shirts to my dad. And <laughs> they did it in eight minutes. Literally oh eight minutes. Yeah. yeah. It was somebody who, it all came full circle. It was a Canes fan and he, uh, Burke, Patrick Burke had helped him out in a fundraiser before, so he just donated the whole $1,000. Wow. And he was like, I love this cause. I love this firm surge. Aww. I love the Burks. And this all came full circle. And it was like, I guess you just get jaded sometimes, but people really surprise you. I will say that Canes on Twitter is like one of my favorite fan bases. They're the best. They're all insane and like funny and really smart. And nice to you. Yeah. Oh, and so nice. But to me, they are the Twitter fan base that's most like weird Twitter. Yeah. Me. Because they're just tweeting like the funny shit, but it's like weird. And yeah. I don't know. I, I, I love them. I, I'm like a big Canes homer now just because <laughs> of you and like all these like weird. Well, that's Canes the thing. They always say, I, I feel like they tweet at me sometimes and they're like, like, wow, like, we can't stress enough how much you just fit in here. I'm like, because, yeah, I would be on weird Twitter and I would, you know, they're the best. Because I would yeah. be on weird Twitter or I would be probably tweeting like they do if I was a fan of the game, right? Yeah. Like, and I mm-hmm. obviously can't be out here. Like, I do make my jokes like, from time <laughs> to time. But, like, I can't be out here being a weird Twitter person. But I totally would be if I wasn't a reporter. And that's yeah. why, like, it's not like I'm trying to get them. It's just, like, that's how I am. Yeah, that's that's what we do. Yeah, that's for yeah, us. Yeah, and I love you guys so much. I can't always like your tweets. Yeah. About, <laughs> it's all right. Uh, but we, I, we know you endorse them. Yes. I fully in, my not retweets are endorsements. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell us about why everybody should care about Sebastian Ajo. Oh my god! Oh my god! Please Where do we sell begin? us on Sebastian Ajo. Not that we need it, but if we, we don't did. need it. We don't need it personally. Okay. Well, he's only getting better. He was moved to center this year, and he bet on himself and wanted to talk contracts at the end of the year. And Damn. then he just absolutely showed up, eighty points, and uh, the first Perkins forward to get eighty points. And good job. Thank you. <laughs> Forever. And he just so lately, I think maybe he's nursing an injury from when he. Um, collided with Nino a few games ago Mm. but uh before that he will totally change the complexion of a game and if he makes a mistake you can tell he was pissed about it and then like he'll do a breakaway he might not always make the goal off of it but he'll do a breakaway on the next shift and it's like you he can turn on like the Jets and I hate to say this like somebody like Brad Marchand when Mm. they are pissed they can use it to their advantage and Aho is not out here even close to doing anything that isn't just on ice stuff but the way he can channel that into something positive for the team is really awesome to see how old is he uh 21 oh my god yeah (laughs) and he's just improved year by year no idea where his ceiling is and that's why you should care about him to watch where his ceiling could be he wants to work with rod he wants to try so hard and he hates losing like you don't want to interview him when he lost (laughs) He's so like, mad at himself. Yeah. There's like a handful of guys I feel like who are like that, who are yeah. who are really young that you want to watch out for. Yeah. I mean, like Svechnikov. Oh Tino my god, Tino yeah, Svechnikov's 18. We all forget that. I know. What? Well, in He's two so days young. he'll be 19. Oh my god, get this child off the ice. No, he needs no, to go back no, to school. Go he back has to school. 20 goals and they're all even strength. Jeez. 
So I I do have a question about like Sebastian Ajo. So he's like kind of like a like a slim guy. Do they try to like beef him up in the off season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feed him a bunch. Yeah, no, they're always working out and they're trying to like get stronger and stuff. But I think um, the league is trending in a way that you don't have to be some absolutely jacked person. And he has been yeah. the his conditioning. It's just it doesn't matter what he like what his physique looks like. I'm like a grandma. I'm like you need to get some meat on your bones. Yeah. <laughs> no, the league is trending towards speed and skill, and you need to be obviously athletic looking but um he is so well conditioned it, like it's crazy when i asked him about this after a loss he was like well i'm 21 like i should be expect to be in shape i'm like yeah, you don't get it like okay. i'm not talking about in shape but I'm like, like how can you're you playing like 25 yeah. minutes a night yeah, yeah. he <laughs> averaged 28.41 minutes on the oh, ice Jesus. in a few games ago it's just brenda murrow put him in to those games and make him play that long because he sees the same thing that was inside Brindamore, just kind of like wow. the drive to win and the conditioning. And like, yeah, it's really, it's really cute. Yeah. Um, after he messed up in <laughs> overtime in Calgary, I just saw them kind of talking in the hallway and like Brindamore just like kind of pat, like, yeah. he knows. And then after, he yeah. He the feeling. Yeah, he was just like, it's, you could see him saying like, it's, he knows he's been there and it's going to be okay. And like, he addressed us after and he was like, he knows he can't do that. Mm-hmm. And just, there's no, that's what I'm saying when he's not screaming at people. It's like he <laughs> can level with them because he's been there and he'll do that with Sebastian Grab too. Okay. I have to ask. Okay. What is the most annoying song that they play the most in the locker room? In the locker room? Oh boy. Um, well, they really like Nickelback. I don't think that's annoying, but I do think that's a, that. I don't know who it is, but somebody plays Ew. Nickelback a lot. Um, Ew. Is it because they're Canadian? Are yeah, like- yeah, yeah, it's Canadian. Yeah. Okay, okay. And you know what? You know what? I respect it because Nickelback is the butt of so many jokes that it's like if you're gonna like Nickelback, you're gonna like Nickelback. Yeah, you gotta own it. Okay, how you remind me? Kind of a banger. Never made it as a wise man. Couldn't cut it as a poor man. Like, I know all these words. They should mix in some Avril. Like, honestly. Oh, my God. It's only fair. Yeah. Don't be sexist. That's that's (laughs) equality. (laughs) They're not married anymore. Did you guys know that? No way. What happened? Chad Kroger and Avril Levine are no longer. What was this Give me pre pre her getting Lyme disease or post oh her getting Lyme disease? She got Lyme disease. Yeah, she has Isn't like she a person now. That's not a real disease, I heard. All right, no, well, first of all, <laughs> she was in she was on like bed rest for like a year and a half, and that's how that whole conspiracy theory got started about her having a body double. Oh my god, yeah. Well, they're not married anymore. <laughs> Maybe it was a Lyme disease. I don't know. I'll have to ask her. <laughs> So it's your first year being on the road like this constantly. Yeah. How how are you doing? How oh are you God. doing? <laughs> <laughs> How's your mental health? Like whenever you can just step aside and be like, this is what I'm doing. Like this is not that serious as I'm making out to be in my head. Everything's going to be okay. It's great. But it's obviously stressful. Like for the first time, just walking around buildings, running around with my luggage. Like where am I going? Like I don't want anybody to be bothered or inconvenienced by me in the slightest way. So when mm-hmm. it's like you feel like you're naturally a burden because mm-hmm. you're like, oh my god, I don't my existence. Like I hope these people don't mind that I exist in their space. They've been everyone's been great, so I always can talk myself out of that. But when you're running on a few hours of sleep, it it can get to you. But you just have to keep remembering that you just cover hockey for a living. It's awesome. Right, much like the tick on Avril Levine. Oh my god. You are on the cane plane a lot of the time. <laughs> so <laughs> 
What's your favorite city that you've been to this year that you oh, have, yes. that you haven't been to before? That I haven't been to before. I was going to say I love Detroit. I just always love Detroit. Something about Detroit's it. Detroit's awesome. It's one of my favorite cities to ever go to. Obviously, when the Penn State won the Big Ten tournament, I was there. That was amazing. But um, I love going there anyway. Uh, I think it's a cool place for, like, coffee shops and drinks, which are, like, the two genders. But um, <laughs> I that I've never been to. I liked Calgary a lot. Just didn't expect it to be that cool. So after the Canes make their playoff run, which is definitely happening, what are you like? What what happens for you during the summer right, besides like max chill time? Do you have like long term projects you're gonna work on? Yeah, or? I'm. That's what I'm so like. I'm not excited for the season to end, but like I can work on the longer term things. There's so many stories that I've kind of mm-hmm. just tabled because they're going on this crazy run all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I want to ca- I want to stay in the moment and live in the moment. And I've talked to my eat, pray, love. I've talked to my editor about this basically. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, yeah, I want to take my time and do the stories that I have on deck justice. So yeah. being able to just kind of run with the team right now and go with the emotions and especially because during down the stretch when everybody's a game time decision, as Brenda Moore told me the other day, um, <laughs> it's like they cancel morning skates, they cancel practice. And then like when you talk to them after a game, you they've been playing these amazing, crazy, miraculous games lately. And like you want to talk about that. And I just want to write what people want to read. So when you think about that, on the people will be more willing to read maybe my long form stuff on the off season. I will have the time and the energy to write it. What are you looking forward to most going into the playoffs? Like, what are you looking forward to seeing from this team? Fingers crossed. I mean, it's I've never felt the need to include a fan base like I do with this team because it's like nine years of no playoffs in a small market. I'm excited to see the fan base and how they react to things because there's been like a lot of even tears already and just like they have something to root for, something to be excited about and that's all they wanted. Like when they did the We Want Playoffs chance, I've never heard that in my life. It's always We Want the Cup. And the night before I heard Tampa Bay fans screaming We Want the Cup the game before so all they want is just to make the damn playoffs a chance to maybe sniff the cup and it's like that's that's gonna be great but also i mean justin falk he has never made it to the playoffs yeah brett pesci never made it to the playoffs he was saying it would be a dream of his life to be in the playoffs and to see williams get named captain and then make the playoffs and to see them do it off of hard work because like let's be real they have several skilled players and they traded for a really good one and Nino that really fit in the team. But it's Maybe like the most you look successful at, trade like that's happened so yeah. far this year. Oh my god, I don't there's so many facets to that mm-hmm. that just it was such a wildly successful not even to be like that <laughs> <a> successful <laughs> trade. <laughs> but that I think in that way it kind of elucidated the good in the coaching staff and the ownership and management too, because they're willing to pay to get better. They're yeah. willing to I mean they did unlimited contract that wasn't working out for them and they were willing to put him on the first line and give him a chance and then he was willing to step up for them and that's how everything has to come together at once for this team to have success so just to watch everybody's hard work be rewarded and some of the PR people and people that have been the play-by-play announcers yeah. like John Forslund has been with the team since the Whalers. I saw him last week in DC because oh, yeah. I think he was here to he was here to call a game he covers games and I like I like walked by him on the sidewalk and I was like wait a minute <laughs> yeah no he's excellent Audrey is such a nerd and like knows every <laughs> like, I, yeah Audrey will like like text me she'd be like oh my god I just saw Mike Johnson like I'm supposed to know who that is <laughs> like and never like, mind <laughs> it's not worth it it's not worth it <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks, Audrey. I appreciate this like random white man that just beamed into my eyeballs. But yeah, to see yeah, them to see like them, those career like, guys. All yeah. like to see Forslund call a playoff game for the Canes would be amazing and just things like that to see like the behind the scenes people have success that they have kind of just quietly they have to do their job whether the team's winning or losing and they get to experience a fun team now that's really exciting just that like your coverage is becoming like you know it's it's bringing this story to the to the masses to people beyond you know raleigh well, it's who, about damn yeah. time yeah like they deserve even if they're winning or losing they deserve coverage it's how you cover a team right mm-hmm. I don't care if his team, I just actually commented this on a thing. Like, they've gotten such support from the fan base and stuff, and, like, it has encouraged me to write the stories that I might not have written. So even if they went, like, 082, it would just, it would be... That would be awesome. Yeah, that would yeah. be an interesting, fascinating <laughs> thing to cover. I would actually like that. But even if they were just the same that they had always been, which people thought they were at a certain point, I still just appreciated the atmosphere of people and the organization. It's been great, so... Um... Well, Win or lose, yeah. I'll still be here. Hopefully. Unless I get fired. <laughs> <laughs> They're making the playoffs. Audrey and I are going to Raleigh. We're going to Raleigh. Yes. We're making another travel promise on air to everybody. You better fulfill it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're booked. We'll see you guys in Raleigh in a few weeks. Yeah. Better. Sarah, you're great. We love reading your stuff. We love that you're hanging out with us and that we tricked you into doing our dumb show. This is my favorite podcast. I've been so upset if you didn't ask me to be on it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. For you guys, me. like, don't do any crimes tonight, okay? We're going to do at least one crime. I just want, crime. like, to have precisely one taco and do precisely one, one crime. One crime. Well, call me if you need to be bailed out of jail. Okay, we will do. Okay. I'm Christina. Hey, I'm Audrey, and this has been Puck Bunnies. Sarah, thank you again. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, bye. See you guys next week. Bye. Sean and I'll be sure of
For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.